welcome to another episode of Wrong Opinions Only with your host Justin and Kayla. And this week we decided to go see a movie together, Kayla. We did, and it was quite the controversial movie. Uh, don't worry, darling. Have you heard of it? We've definitely talked about it on the pod before. Oh, I was worrying, darling. I wasn't. Oh yeah, worried. there was there was some worrying for sure. But before we get into it, we need to catch up on a TV show which would be Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and we'll be covering episode four and five. So, I feel like things are starting to move along a little faster. What did you think about four and five? Four and five, they're finally getting into more action. More excitement from me, kind of more of a casual fan of Lord of the Rings. I understand that they had to set up the world building the first three episodes, especially if they're anticipating this being... A multiple season show and I believe you said it was for five seasons was planned right now yeah so it is good to see that these characters that they did work on developing early on are now actually getting into the element that we're excited for we have Galadriel trying to make a, a union with the actual humans and and fight together we have the elves and the humans going against the orcs we don't know what's going to go on there we don't know if this uh, the Allfather is Sauron or not. Somebody thought he was. So a lot of the pieces that were kind of all over the place are now starting to converge, and I'm excited for it. Yes, I think uh, there were some high points. You know, sometimes in the episodes, I think one through three, I was a little like, okay, like beautiful to look at. I mean, amazing visuals. But at the same time, I'm like, some of these plot lines... Like, is it going to take season four to get to Sauron? Like, what is the, you know, what's pushing us here? Um, We're starting to get a bit of those elements, I think. Especially, like, the conversations between characters are really good. Um, I liked that in the end of episode four, when Numenar is trying to, like, get their army together, um, that they were, like, any, like, eligible or available, like, men or women. I'm, like, I'm so used to being, like, your strongest sons bring us. Like, oh... Equality, that's nice. Everyone should have a chance to go to their doom. Yeah, everybody um, has a chance to die here in Numenor. Yes, and I appreciate that. I mean, they live longer than, uh, you know, typical humans. So, you know, let's risk it all. Um, and the song that was in episode five, what did you think about that? Oh, the, that they were singing in Numenor? Yeah, the the Hellfoot, yeah. <laughs> the what foots? Hellfoot, right? They're the Hellfoots? I think Harfoots? the Harfoots. Harfoots? Yeah, har- gosh, Kayla. Listen, I, would, we wouldn't be talking about Lord of the Rings if I didn't butcher any of these names or classes. So I have no interest in any of the Harfoots at all. That entire storyline could just go out the window. It means nothing to me. Okay, That's but it. the song, the musical, you didn't think it was a cool song that no, she sang? Completely over my head. Okay. Nope. You mean well, when they were like uh, moving on to their next destination and she just started yeah, doing like the, the map flashbacks and it was that was actually the enough. actress singing. It was all right. Oh, oh I didn't realize God. it was actually her singing, which makes it a little yes, better, yes. but it was fine. It didn't like stand okay. out to me, you know, I was just like, all right, cool. Let's get them off the screen and move on to the more interesting stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I had a little more sentimental feel with the song, especially because it says, of course, one of the more Famous lines from the books, you know, not all who wander are lost, which was like the main component of the song. Um, she has a really good singing voice. So I was impressed by that. I go, I had to immediately look up, did she actually sing it? Because 
that was what it implied on the screen. Um, and it was her singing it. So I thought that was pretty good. I, I'm into like more music. Like I think that's something I didn't mention in the Lord of the Rings recap episode we did where the Hobbit films like incorporated a lot more music than the Lord of the Rings did. And to me that at, like they even had a whole what dancing singing montage in the Hobbit films. So oh, yeah. to me it just adds like the fun of it, especially because Honestly, watching this show just makes me like so sad. We play D and D once a month now, because I'm just like, what a rich world that I miss like spending our own time in our own rich worlds. Um, but I like. There's been some unexpected things for me at least, like uh, Ar- Arandir, the elf. Like yep. I thought he was gonna be captured. Like that was gonna be half the season, and. He that had, was like, one episode, an episode, and then he... Yeah. They were just like, oh, you know what? Just go back and tell them to surrender. Great. Okay. That's it. And then everybody else had to die, and half of the the human crowd surrendered and pledged their uh, fealty to Sauron, but then the Allfather's like, oh, well, you know what? You have to kill one of your own in order to be here. Oops. Yeah, that was a little rough. But, you know, that's what you get for pledging your life to evil. Um, you know, them's the breaks. Um, I'm really loving that's the breaks. I'm really loving the friendship too between you know like the the conflict of when the who is it uh Elrond and Durin Gil Gil Galad the Elf King Mm -hmm. when he's um you know saying like your friendship may you know come in conflict with like protecting your people like the Elven race and I just, I really like his dynamic. He, they have such a fun banter, and honestly, like dwarves rock. Like that's what Lord of the Rings taught me. They're super. Doran's like my favorite. The dwarves are yeah. awesome. Their entire city beneath, like, or in the mountain, is insane. It's super well done. I like the dynamic between Durin and uh, Elrond. The high elf seems like he's up to no good, but I guess we kind of find out that they're just trying to get access to this really awesome mithril um or Which that nobody awesome, can find know, super light super durable saved uh elijah wood's life frodo <laughs> um i yeah i just like their dynamic i like like first of all speaking of D, playing an elf and uh you know everyone in that world hating me i really felt for the elves in this world <laughs> because people sure do hate them super strongly um, and I even love like the ending scene between them when he's like, basically, we need to find this jewel or we're all going to die. No big deal. And like, he could have just, that's bullshit. You know, you know, and he still They'll was there fine. for him. I don't know. I, I, friendship is one of the best parts of Lord of the Rings. So like, I'm here for it because there's not a lot of friendships so far otherwise. Right. Very true. And I like the dynamic between Durin and Elrond, like even when they're at mm-hmm. dinner and, uh, or meeting with the high elf king there and Durin's just like, Oh, how did you make this table? This is one of the most precious stones out there. We only use this for tombs and the most respected things. And then as they're leaving, he's just like, you made that up. Didn't you? He's like, yeah, she wanted a new table. So I figured <laughs> like, it's those little <laughs> moments great. that kind of help you believe in the dynamic between the characters where it's like, okay, they actually yeah. are friends and know each other on a more, personal level as opposed to just working with each other in this setting yes absolutely and i think the visuals um i mean when the water's like coming in and like kind of overflowing in numenar i'm like this is amazing like you know 
it would suck to have kind of a half-ass Lord of the Rings show. You know, you have such a rich world and for it to be like, you know, not this budget, it's hard to imagine because it, to me it's doing justice to the lands. It's just, if you're not coming in from the books, which I've said this before, like all of this is not like, that's this from the book and this person. And even though they have like two lines, it was cool to see that, you know, I don't have that. So it's like, where's this going? Like, this will they won't they between like the human girl and uh Aaron Dare. I'm like, let's what's what's happening here, you know? I, I wanted that kind of action. I'm with you on the Halfoots. Not much is happening there. I feel like eventually he's gonna realize like, oh, I'm actually like hurting them. I need to leave and maybe she follows. I don't know, but like get to that. I think that would be more exciting if she just left for adventure with him and they got into shenanigans. That sounds well, interesting. Well, they to ended me. where she was kind of scared of him, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, he was in that trance to what appeared to heal his own arm, but then almost froze hers, and she went flying and ran away from him. And I'm like, all right, is this Gandalf? Is this not? Is this a bad guy? Like, what's the deal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I read someone said he's actually Avatar because he seems to control all these elements. So. Um, yeah, I don't really get where they're going there because, like, he has enough know-how to, like, do magic and do magic when he needs to, um, but, like, doesn't understand, like, the world at all or, like, Or what what... the difference between good and evil, like, literally. Right. She's like, you're good, and he goes, what's good? And it's like, what? We're we're at that kind of elementary level here? Yeah, he just has, like, some basic understanding of the magic that he can do. But, like, once he's in it, he's in it. I I don't know. But I, then, I'm thinking that's where it's going. Wasn't there a scene where people were looking over the site in which he crashed down from the skies? Mm-hmm. Did you – what's the deal with that? Do you have any idea? It was people kind of analyzing that area and him not being there. And they seemed either upset or, like, they need to find him. And I couldn't tell who they were, but they were all wearing matching outfits. Like, they're celestial beings or – so that kind of like to me leads more to like maybe this is Gandalf because he's supposed to be part of that network of wizards whatever they're called they're called something else beyond wizards but um that were basically crash landed and we know from you know when he went from Gandalf the gray to Gandalf the white that he has no like he has to kind of gain his memories back he's kind of picked up into some celestial world and dumped back with like a mission which seems to be like he knows he has some understanding of a mission. Yeah. Um, so I think that backs up the Gandalf story. But again, like we're not getting too much further into him to really understand. So. And then we finally have the kind of the reveal with uh, Aaron Deere and is it Bronwyn or something is the, uh, the woman's name where mm-hmm. the kid shows him the, the key, basically Sauron's signature key that, the orcs are looking for in order to unlock what an under earth that is going to help them take over middle earth. Like I, I don't quite understand what that key is to be used for yet. And it seems like they don't either. So they're kind of waiting on that reveal, but do you have any, uh, any thoughts? I think, I think where, like where those humans are running to or like away from like in the tower and everything is like, essentially where Mordor is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so like, we know that this is going to be a place where they're all going to be cast out eventually. 
Um, and I think the orcs are trying to do something with the sun from, like, those scenes we had. So, like, they need the eternal darkness so they can just, like, make this an evil as hell place. Gotcha. So, I just feel like that may be part of, like, how Mordor becomes Mordor, like, a tool to do that because it was just, you know, volcanic ruins. And you're looking at it now, like, with these luscious forests and stuff, and it's like, this is going to be the dead zone soon. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good episodes. I, I, it kept me captivated more so than I think the beginning half. Now we are halfway through the season right now. Yeah. I, and I'm excited with where it's going. The, like mm-hmm. you said, the first three episodes were kind of snooze fests, but I get why you have to do that to an extent. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can kind of build on this momentum of the last couple. We have a couple interesting storylines to follow now that should at yes. some point all interconnect. We'll see how that happens, but at least we know where a majority of the people are going besides the Heartfoots with are useless. So <laughs> Yeah, strong, strong anti Heartfoot feelings from you. Um, I gotta say we have two fantasy T V shows on right now. One super super getting into, super into, and then this. And I'm like, if they were stacked at the same time I'm leaning more towards Hot D as like the one I'm watching first. So yeah, I am enjoying stories, but I'm enjoying Hot D more. I also enjoy Game of Thrones more than Lord of the Rings. But I mm-hmm. also think that it's might be weird to say like an oxymoron. I think the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show is more well done than the Hot D show, but I'm much more interested in the Hot D. Just in general in life, but also the TV show. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, I how about uh the line "Just give me the meat and give it to me raw." I mean, <laughs> just just classic great. Alert. There classic. was something that when I watched when I listened to the line, I go, "I need to use this when Justin is like, what's your issue?'" And I'm just gonna say, because a burden shared may either be halved or doubled depending on the heart that receives it. What do you think? Don't get, get too sappy on me. Let's roll. Okay. All right. So I think that wraps up our ring of power. Unless you got anything to add, we got obviously more to see. So that's kind of our feelings at the midway point of rings of power. All right, let's go ahead and move on to don't worry, darling. All right. So before we get into the film itself, which I know between the both of us, we're going to have a lot of opinions on. I want to go into some of the drama that has led up to the film because even in my last Swirly of the Week, uh, a lot more has kind of happened uh, since. And I think it is important to the film because, one, I think it's drawing people to it in a lot of ways. Um, But I also think maybe it could speak to or what we can assume maybe are some of the issues in the film as far as the tension between people. So, quick recap. Uh, timeline, I'll say, um, of some of the events that happened. So this film was announced in April 2020 that Florence Pugh was going to be the lead role. It was announced that Shia LaBeouf was going to be in it. Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde to direct. Everyone's excited. Okay. September 2020, Harry Styles replaces Shia LaBeouf. And they say that it's because he had a scheduling conflict. So it just kind of lies there. Um, in November of 2020, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde split after nine years together. December 2020 is the FKA Twigs 
who was dating Shia LaBeouf for a while, comes out and says that he was physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive. Um, all the stuff here. And Shia LaBeouf basically admits to it and says, I've been abusive to myself and everyone around me. So then this starts the Shia LaBeouf kind of whirlwind from the film. Then, December 2020, same year, Variety claims Shia didn't leave due to scheduling conflicts, but because he exhibited poor behavior and that essentially he was fired by Olivia Wilde. In January 2021, Harry and Olivia start dating, and they say that their relationship was very obvious on set. Uh, still going strong in February, Wilde says she has no assholes policy to keep everybody on the same level. Then that same month, it's reported that Pew was unhappy with how often the couple disappeared together on set and that the budding relationship was obvious and annoying. And someone reported that there was a tense conversation between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh, who was angered by her absences. September 2021, a teaser is dropped, uh, which states that, and uh, Wilde stated that Styles was shortlisted for the role. Uh, April 2022, Wilde is publicly served at CinemaCon with custody papers from Jason Sudeikis. July 2022, page six suggests that Wilde and Styles' relationship started as an affair. August 2022, Pew pushes back on excitement for Don't Worry Darling being about the on-screen intimacy with Styles. So you start to have her kind of not liking how the film is portrayed in the clips. August 2022, Styles makes headlines for uh, some of the queer baiting accusations he's faced. Uh, he, he doesn't admit to dating anyone publicly, even though he's had many photos and different things showing holding hands with Olivia Wilde. Um, in August 2022, Variety publishes a lengthy feature on Wilde who says that Shia LaBeouf left because his process was not conducted to the ethos that I demand in my production. So she just doubles down on the fact that she had to fire him for his behavior on set. August 2022, he disputes that Wilde fired him and then he published two emails that he sent to Wilde where he wrote, you and I both know the reasons for my exit. I quote your film because you're, or I quit your film because you're actors and I like weren't able to kind of rehearse and do the film. Um, you know, and that Olivia Wilde just basically says, thanks for letting me in on your thought process. I know this isn't fun. He, then he sends a variety of video where she basically blames Florence Pugh for the animosity between the two that maybe Miss Flo could have a bit of a wake-up call, uh, implying that the tension was actually between Florence and Shia LaBeouf, and that she was trying to get him to come back to the film, not so much fired. Um, Olivia Wilde just kind of denies, denies that stuff. Um, then in September 22, we have a uh, speculation that Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde are having some issues. Florence announces that the only thing she's doing to promote the film although she says it's because she's filming Dune 2, is because uh, she's only going to do the Florence uh, Film Festival, basically. She's going to do one publicity you know, scene, and that's it. So that's already causing some drama there. We have Spitgate. Which is very rare, especially for a big release. Usually you're locked into having to do a ton of those. And the funny thing about it is that she says it's because it's Dune 2, but Timothy Chalamet, who's the main star of Dune, Chalamet. was... Chalamet, thank you, was all, and technically his first name is Timothy. Um, he was also at the Venice Film Festival promoting one of his films. So like she couldn't do it because she was in the film, but he was there to do the same thing for his film. So something to note. 
Then we have Spitgate, which was when at the film festival, Styles is down for the screening. He appears to look like it's spitting on Chris Pine's lap, or at least the internet convinced itself of that. Um, the movie gets a standing ovation during which Pew makes a point of clapping for a while. So she makes it very obvious. Um, but then she leaves after four minutes in and Olivia Wilde's the last to go. So since then, there's been some drama of, uh, Wilde no longer directing a film she was scheduled to do. Perfect biopic of the Magnificent Seven gymnast, Carrie Strug. Um, and then 40 or so like crew members have signed something saying that the set wasn't toxic. It's been a very much like trying to clean up this image of Olivia Wilde um, that has been kind of dragged. Um, well, it's so weird because yeah. she, her first directorial debut was with Booksmart, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Which was really critically high acclaimed, right? Everybody loved mm -hmm. that movie. She got a lot of praise for it. It did very well. And I guess everybody was like, well, she did great on her first one, so she's going to be great going forward. And I think, I can't remember exactly what late night talk show she was on. It might have been Jimmy Fallon, where she had that quote of, if a movie doesn't work, it's on the director. It's never on the actors. Yes, the director yes. needs to figure it out. And now she's not taking any responsibility for all the shit that has happened with this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's referencing Spicky on the, you know, and again, I'm sorry, but if there's no animosity on set. It's weird that in the one publicity set, literally they're not standing next to each other at any point. And in fact, other actors get between them or their publicists have someone between them. At no point, knowing the drama around, did Florence like put her arm over Olivia Wilde or anything like that. And to me, that is telling. Now, as I've said before, I think a portion of this is that some people are not separating Jason Sudeikis's character with Ted Lasso in this like inherently sweet good guy. And that's not to say that he's not that case, but there has been a real like kind of separation between like Jason Sudeikis as like the good guy and Olivia Wilde's bad one. I think there's definitely some like Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde like animosity people have for that relationship. Obviously the Harry Styles fans are huge. So another thing just to comment on, because it's going to come up in my review, is just that she really pushed this as like a feminist leaning movie, that this film was about female pleasure. Several times she mentioned that. She said, men don't come in my film. Um, a direct line from her. So I think that's important when we talk about what the film actually was, and if that fits. But she did kind of like really promote her, promote the film as that. And I think that led to... Um, some downfalls, which I'm sure we'll get into, but a little bit just about the film. Obviously, Olivia Wilde directed it. Um, it was written by Katie Siberman, who also wrote Booksmart, so they've worked together before. This is Olivia Wilde's second feature. Uh, came out September 23rd, 2022. Stars, as I said, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, Nick Kroll, Chris Pine. Again, this film is still in theaters. It had a budget of $35 million. It's made, I think, 30 last I checked. But again, that's still, you know, numbers are still being counted. So I have yeah, no doubt it's going to make its money. It did about $20 million opening weekend, so it'll definitely make more than its its budget worldwide without an issue. Uh, and with that cast and all this drama, I think it's probably going to increase viewership by... I'd imagine like 15, 20% where people are like, Oh, I have no interest. And they've heard the drummer like, mm -hmm. well, let's see how much of a disaster this really is. Agreed. I, that definitely have, has driven people. So I have no doubt that it's going to make its money and then some, um, 
for sure. No worries about that. So I want to start by just giving like some first before we go into details and everything, because I feel like there might be an expectation of what I'm going to say. And in some ways, I'm absolutely going to fulfill that. Uh, but I also think I could surprise you. So Kayla is very biased. Everybody knows her biases here. And I, and I will admit to them as we speak. So when we finished the film, I saw it with you and Chet, your wife, and I turned to her and I said, I think I need to mull this over. And I won't say what you said to spoil your own opinion. So I, and I knew that because I knew myself in a way, in that my initial feeling was, this isn't a bad movie. It was good. Um, it wasn't like, this is a great, I wasn't like blown away. I was like, parts of this are predictable. But if I take it at like face value, a thriller, this was just meant to be a thriller with their twist, whether you predicted them or not. That's what the film was. I said, this is good. I didn't, I didn't regret seeing it. I've definitely seen worse movies. I've seen worse movies with you. Um, the story was muddled. The chemistry between Florence and Harry was non-existent. Um, honestly, they were both very attractive people. And I feel like that was not enough to like make the chemistry believable to me. Um, if I go outside of the thriller idea where like this movie was trying to say something, it gets worse in my opinion. If I start thinking that I was trying to be critical of society or was trying to like push something, it didn't work. I mean, that's just flat out to me. It did not work. So, and it's weird because the movie is very much a massive social commentary on gender roles and being able to kind is of a hundred percent. Are you kidding me? You don't think it's a social commentary on gender roles the whole time. It's about, Oh, Hey, wouldn't you be happier if we went back to the fifties where you could stay at home, cook, the guy goes off to work. And then it's also kind of a commentary on the social media age we're in enjoy the life that you have and stop trying to make it perfect and comparing it to everything else. And that's more of a dynamic that, you know, Harry Styles, character is the one who made this decision. He was the person that wasn't bringing home the money. He wasn't the person that had the big career. And he's the one who made the decision that changed everything else because he's looking up at all these other things that are kind of falsifying his interpretation of what his life should be. And then, Ah, uh, yeah, we haven't gotten into too much detail yet, so I don't want to like <laughs> to, spoil to, the, the. Yeah, big... to have like to have like a really general sense of the story without us before we kind of point out the details of it. It is just that Florence Pugh's character. It's set in like the fifties. It's very stylized, very like I mean, the set design I thought was phenomenal. Um, and you know, everyone's waving goodbye to their husbands. They are all doing the same stuff, cleaning the house. The husbands leave for eight hours to an area they're not allowed to go to. From the trailer, you can you you already kind of anticipated that there was a darker element to this. It was just like waiting for it to happen. So it wasn't like you thought it was going to be one movie and turn out to another, um, which I think hurt it, honestly, was the expectation of that. But you notice that Florence Pugh's character isn't like kind of following along like everyone else. She's starting to be kind of suspicious, goes through all this stuff. Chris Pine, very sinister. Um all of this to realize that this lifestyle, this fifties world that she's in is really like a virtual reality, a simulation. It's um, a, yeah, and that it's a simulation metaverse type thing, but yeah, she's and, like, it's an avatar for herself in the fifty. It's yeah, it's a weird dynamic. And, and the, it's the years really like 2022 or present time, whatever that is. 
and that she was a doctor and her boyfriend, who is Harry Styles, is basically a, I mean, terrible wig they gave him. And um, terrible mustache. And I'm sorry if she's that hot, which Florence Pugh is, and she's mm-hmm. a doctor. She's not going to live in that small-ass apartment, number one. Number two, she's not going to be dating that guy. I'm telling you that right now. I don't know. Listen, mm-hmm. how long has she been a doctor? Medical bills, a lot of, a lot of debt. She said she was uh, in the operating room doing surgery. So I think that's uh, you've been doing it for a while if you're a surgeon. If you watch Grey's Anatomy, they can do that as interns. So you just never know. <laughs> um, okay. But she, he's like an incel, right? I mean, essentially, he he spends his day gaming. He listens to like a, I don't Chris know, Pine like a Jordan podcast. Peterson, like yeah. higher intel, you know, pseudo intellect guy who's like you know, basically created this whole world. And thus he actually like tricks her, drugs her. And she's like under this, this, in this metaverse, um, against her will. Um, and that he, she's in it the whole time. Um, except for a time where she can kind of briefly get out and not. And he basically works when they go to work in the simulation, he's actually going back to the real world to provide for them so that like the house and lights get paid and he like wets her lips. So like she, her body can survive and then they go back in the world. Um, yeah. Again, if I take it as a thriller, which is this like shit is weird. What does this mean? Like then the twist. Okay. Like predictable. Um, but, but okay. When it does go into the commentary stuff, it just bombed for me. Like, what new thing, what new commentary are you having? Like, what are you trying to say with this? Like, you know, even in the gender roles, like, that's just such a, like, a thing we're going back to all the time. about well, like, the 50s and stuff. It's just, nothing new was brought to this. And for it to be, like, a feminist film, I'm like, what do you mean? It's, like, the opposite. Um... You know, I, well, I think it's trying to kind of push back on a lot of the things that have been happening recently in society where you're seeing a lot of uh, different laws and stuff be passed that are taking away rights from women. So maybe it's more of a commentary on, hey, is this really what all these old white guys that are in charge are trying to make happen? Like just bring us back to the 50s and 60s where they have total control over everything in your life including whether or not you even know you're living your real life like just but see that's the weird that's the thing of it like to me it's not even strongly if that was the intention that's not really pushed did not well. come across strong they did not because, hit a home run because that's it. not what they want like you know just as like if it's trying to show the darker side of men or the darker side of like what a bad version of society could be like it's not great for Florence Pugh's actual character it is good for another character Olivia Wilde's character where it's actually like what she wants is this fake reality that she was aware of um but again one of the other problems is some people are aware some are not what is their story we don't know that's very confusing to me she knew enough that Florence Pugh wasn't there of her own free will so confusing. I have a lot of unanswerables. Um, it wasn't good commentary about gender to me. It wasn't good commentary about incels. Uh, that late reveal. It, yeah. It's just like, what new things are you making us think about? This is just repeated things. And I don't think even some of the points they were trying to hit 
weren't very clever. Like the symbology of her literally Florence Pugh's character literally suffocating herself with saran wrap because she can't stand, like she feels suffocated in that role. It's like we couldn't be a little bit more subtle with how she's coming across with that. And, you know, we talked after the movie, it was pretty evident early on. All right. They weren't actually living in the fifties. There's some type of weird dynamic here. We didn't know exactly, you know, it was a simulation, but okay. Clearly her husband's involved and this Frank guy's involved. Like that's without a doubt. And they're Mm -hmm. living in some type of alternate reality. I thought it was more of like a, um, almost like a, just a utopian area where they've been drugged and they are now being drugged on a daily basis without knowing, but it was an actual physical location that they built in the desert. So the fact that it was more of a simulation metaverse style is a little bit of a twist on that, which, yeah, which was odd to me. I mean, I guess you could have did it either way, but I thought the best parts of the movie, in my opinion, were Chris Pine and Florence Pugh on screen together when they were interacting off of each other and there was only like two or three scenes where that happened. The like, scene we in the needed kitchen. more Chris Pine. His character was actually interesting, but we only got him on screen for a few minutes. Yeah, Chris Pine is great. He's in so few scenes. You immediately know that he's the villain, or at least like from the majority of the movie, they're painting him as such, to which it was not a surprise when it was revealed that, yeah, he actually is. Um you have the scene in the kitchen where he reveals that he knows she's been questioning what he's doing and he's letting her know that he's aware that she's catching on to him and he enjoys it. He loves it. Keep doing it. I'm, I'm fascinated by you. Um, and then they have that, that great passive aggressive dinner, which was a great scene too. Again, the Harry Styles could have just not been there at all. I wouldn't have noticed him because that's kind of what space he took in the film. And I like the passive aggressive portion of that dinner where she's asking questions and like very pointedly uh, calling out Frank, uh, Chris Pine's character on what's going on here. The fact is, though, it does. She is not subtle after a certain point and she just starts screaming at him like this is all fake. This is bullshit. I think she would have had a little bit more tact. She's smart. She's a doctor. She knows what's going on. She knows what happened last time when she tried to just like straight up tell everybody what was happening. I think she would have been a little bit more careful and played that out or had Mm. points outlined instead of just repeating the same thing over and over. Like, this isn't real. This isn't real. What the hell? Like, I I just expected more. Like, she's getting glimpses of her past, but she has no understanding of, like, who she was, what she's capable as far as thinking like she thinks in the world but just not to the point where she's she's just starting to question and realize she can question um and even you know when she gets those glimpses and you ultimately have the reveal of harry styles which again at thinking about the more time i spent away from seeing the film which we just saw a couple days ago the more i was like oh yeah that was bad oh that was bad like florence Pugh. And I understand my bias. Because I, and, and it's not just me because she is like, she is a rising star. Like she just. Florence Pugh is great she, in this. She has it. To me, yeah. she made the film. If it was someone else, I think it would have been almost unbearable, the film. She I think made it, it watchable. Someone else. Yes. Yes. And I think that's where I landed is like Florence Pugh, because she's so interesting when she's breaking the eggs when she's seemingly being pushed by some glitch in the system. Like 
when she's asking her friends who are like a part of it, like, don't you think that was weird? Like, that's interesting to me. If it, I had a lesser actress, I think I would have been like, this is a brutal third, like the whole middle section of the film until the like reveal or build up would have been probably unbearable to watch. And that it's, says a lot yeah. about the film. It should have been 20 you know? minutes shorter. It dragged on so much. And Florence Pugh's the only thing that tried to hold it together. I kind of also like Olivia Wilde's character in the movie um, because it was an interesting, different dynamic where she mm -hmm. chose to be there, but she had a reason because she lost her kids. We don't find out how or why, if it was because of her or not, but she's like, I, at least I have my kids here with me. That's all that matters. So that's like a reasonable choice to make, you know, if you're kind of <laughs> putting this on a scale of reasonable or not. But then Harry Styles' character, I just the writing. I don't. I don't think he pulled it off. He was changing accents the whole time. I don't know what's going on. Like you already said, the chemistry was, was not there. I wonder if that was because in in real life, like the actual real life of the movie, he was American, right? So he in the movie the he was called persona. out as British. He was called out as yeah, British like in the his, movie. But not when he was like the boyfriend with the long incel hair and like. No, I in he, the simulation, one guy goes, yes, "What are he you, you like, Brits say?" Yeah, he made like a profile basically in this world for himself, where he was just this clean-shaven, well-to-do, and he had a British accent. So I wonder if that was like to show the like ways which things didn't line up. You know, it's that's goes, the show. Maybe it's just yeah, because he was yeah. that wasn't his natural accent. But again, I think it, it just goes, shows how he's just not a great actor yet. I mean, this is only like what his second or third film, so. I, he has another film coming out soon called My Policeman, which I'm interested to see if that, like, if it is the film or it's him. Granted, this is him first. He's been in, like, Dunkirk, but, like, nothing like this. Nothing where he's, you know, in a starring role. He did nothing for me. It was interesting. I like hairstyles. I think his last album was amazing. This acting gave me nothing like tip you know like especially because see i've seen florence Pugh alongside you know stronger actors and it just like for this to be again he's also this incel character he gets in a fight with her in the real world about her being a doctor and like he, she basically doesn't have time for him and he envisions this world where like sure she's uh like a housewife and is different from her like pursuing the job that she career that she wants but, like, he's also, like, of service. It's just really weird for him to be the, you know, like, that's what they want. Like, is that what we're saying? They want, like, to dote on their wives in this fake world, like, where women don't have power, but they get to serve. Like, that's not the impression I get from, like, these evil-ass people on the internet. Like, so, I, again, like, it was just a light, a light commentary. If you're commenting on the dangers of, like, you know those type of men then you go deeper you know yeah. the chris pine scenes that we get so few like have it throughout the film where she's realizing things and they're constantly going at it she brings it up at the dance she brings it up at you know what i mean like that would have been great yeah and i think um you had you know you mentioned earlier olivia wilde is saying that this movie has it's about female pleasure and all this stuff what, because he goes down on her a couple times? Mm -hmm. Like, that's 
that's it? That's what we're, we're supposed to be like, that's, oh, this is all about That's what I have to gather because it's not – I mean, I'm trying to think about it. Like, because Harry Styles is perfect – Jack's perfect version of their life is that he just gets to have sex with his wife all the time. Like, well, essentially – Well, yeah, sure. Well, listen. But, <laughs> I mean, like, essentially it's my mind rape. I don't even know what you'd call that. Like, it's just – yeah. The commentary wasn't there for me. I have so many, like, what did this mean type questions. Like, what was the plane? So that's what, was what I was trying. What does that mean? Trying to figure out because when you saw the plane, you saw a ripple, right? So that's one of the initial clues. Like, okay, they're either in some simulation or a dome or something because it looked like it kind of rippled in and out. And then she could never find the plane crash. Is that, like, something she was hearing maybe in real life and it came through? She was hearing a plane fly, maybe, because she kept kind of uh, having a song that was being hummed stuck in her head the whole movie, and that's because the actual guy was, like, singing that to her actual body outside of the simulation, and it was kind of coming through. So maybe it it was some type of uh, connection to the real world, but she couldn't quite pinpoint it. Just bizarre. Yeah. Just bizarre. Um, And then the 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 ballet scenes... Yeah. Like, that was overdone like crazy. The the visual elements, which we learn, like, the paint, the blood splattering, the, like, black and white ballerinas, like, are all part of, like, what gets her hypnotized, essentially, in this world. But, like, what did that mean? What did any of those things mean? No no clue. Yeah, it's just, like, and they showed, I mean, it was about five minutes too much on all of that, where it's just repeating the same thing, and... We got it the first time. Maybe you do it twice, and it's like, all right, they're kind of trying to get you in a trance-type situation. But that was way overdone. They even, in my opinion, you were a Dexter fan with me, right? Completely yeah, of ripped course. off the opening got you into it. Opening of uh, Dexter, right? Where she is cracking the eggs. The bacon is <laughs> yeah. cooking. She's slowly <laughs> cutting the toast. It's almost like a scene-by-scene rip-off. Coffee pouring. Yeah, of the intro to Dexter. Like, just watch those Olivia side by watching side. watching Dexter at the same time. Like, yeah. wild. So maybe um, they, they did that intentionally to try to be like, hey, these people are freaking psychopaths. I don't know. Probably not, though. Probably, probably not. <laughs> That's the thing. What's the deal with Shelly? Which one How was Shelly? How does that make sense? Shelly's the wife of Chris Pine's character. Yeah, why did he? she kill him at the end? She's like, she she the whole movie, you think she's like the number one, like he's got her under, you know, control. Yeah. She's like the dutiful wife. She gets mad at Florence Pugh for being rude at dinner. And then, you know, when Florence Pugh is about to escape this world and get into reality... She stabs Chris Pine. Her husband, Chris Pine, is just kind of like, you stupid, stupid man, it's my turn now. Like, as kind of like a comeuppance. It made, made no, no sense. Made no sense. Made no sense. Like, we had no clue in this point of film, did she, was she aware and was making her own realizations? She killed him while being stuck in the simulation? None of this makes sense. It was so jarring a bit like because i was like oh shit and i thought more was to come and then like the movie ended shortly after and i was like don't get it there was no development with her character or her relationship with frank chris pine's character if we had a scene or two where they show maybe okay these guys are not super happy then maybe you could come to that conclusion but still she was sticking up for him the day before like aggressively 
and then storms out of the house and then she's just like oh okay she's gonna get free let me kill you now i don't unless she was like oh i realize what's going on i need to get out the only way i can get out is if i kill him i don't know but there was no explanation yeah just so many unanswerables which is okay except these were jarring things that like if you don't explain it, they didn't make sense to the film. It's not so much like, was this an allegory to... No, I, I don't think it was. I think it was just... What was tr- attempt to be clever cinematography was just confusing. Um, so again, like to me, Florence Pugh made the film good. And that's not just me loving Florence Pugh, which I do. It's just like, I think she did. I think if it wasn't her in most of the scenes, even when she's alone... It would have been way worse, way worse. You know. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think they had a pretty good um, supporting cast. But why did we not get more from Nick Kroll or Kate Berlant? Berlant, like their characters as like the side characters, uh, Dean and Peg, mm-hmm. were kind of interesting, but they didn't really do anything with them. They had the opening scene, which was which was, I thought, a pretty good scene. They're all hanging out, drinking, partying. And then we don't really get much more detail about those other friends besides Bunny throughout the rest of the movie. Like, they could have been and a like, little bit of comedic relief if you wanted. They could have had a separate storyline. Which she had elements line. of. It definitely brought me back to the League of Their Own. Like, I could yeah, see. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all I could think of. Know, yeah, for sure. But, like, Nick Kroll, like, he seemed like a fervent believer. Like, he was the one who was, like, the new guy, when he comes in with his wife that he hoodwinked and uh, has this, like, a sex leave in this metaverse, uh, he's like, don't, you're lucky to even be in the room with him. Like, just, I mean, just one of the, like, Joe Rogan stands, like, just, like, fervent, you know, like, wild to me. So, but you get nothing there. Like, Bunny is self-aware. Like, she knows this isn't real. It doesn't seem like any other wives do. Um, at least as far as we know. Okay, so Harry Styles is this way with his wife. What are the others? Like, is Nick Kroll coming back to the house? Like, is my dinner ready when they both know what they're into? Like, what are these other households like? I Honestly, like, Booksmart and this film are so different from each other. Obviously, like, total different genres. Booksmart was funny and clever, and I think the actors in it, like, were for that film. Like, they fit everything. It's hard for me to sit and see that performance from Harry Styles and be like, and again, he could be in my policeman that's coming out soon and be like, oh my god, phenomenal, like, breakout. Sure. But to sit and watch the roll tape of this and be like, he's meeting Florence Pugh, like, he no like no it's it's jarringly different and it makes sense because he's this is his first big role like yeah there's gonna be that difference like have you seen Florence Pugh and Little Women I mean so it's like not good and I'm supposed to not believe that perhaps your relationship led into that I mean I don't know now how do you think Shia LaBeouf would have played as that character I think it's much more interesting because I think he is more dynamic of an actor, but he's also a loose cannon. So it's, it's See, tough to kind of gauge. Unfortunately, like, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, especially because it feels like, man, don't get close to any 
person in media because you never know what you're going to find out about them the next week. I feel like that's been, you mm -hmm. know, for for the better. But it would be hard for me to watch a, a movie with Shia LaBeouf just because of, you know, everything. Of all the other stuff going on. Yeah. Gotcha. Some stuff I – it's hard sometimes to separate the, the art from the person. So it would be hard for me um, in that role – yeah, I could think of quite a few people that would have been, again, like I said, the chemistry, was it sexy? Sure, because they were having sex, but, like, that's because two attractive people, you know, were making out. Like, yeah, okay, visually, that's great. But was it believable? Was was the dynamic when he's so infuriated? Was that, like, no, that was felt empty, his, his anger of, like, yep. I'm doing this for you, like. No, like that's where you Didn't start to see the of sinisterness of Jack, which could have been better peppered throughout the film, where you said like Jack, something's not right with Jack. You know, this guy that she keeps coming back to is like the one that's in my corner. It ends up the one who who's keeping her there, essentially. Um, none of that. It just didn't add up to me. So so yeah. Just again the unanswerables, not not great. Not great. So, Kayla, that brings the great mm. question. How many VHS tapes will you be rating? Don't worry, but actually be worried, darling. <laughs> yes. Okay. I went back and forth. If you had asked me right after the film, it would have been higher. No doubt. I might okay. I might have been like five out of six. What? Because you were oh, that right high after we the saw film? it. Right after we saw it, yeah, like with no thinking about, yeah, oh yeah, I was like that was a good movie. With these days between, it's lowered. So my final review is going to be three out of six VHS tapes. Okay, at least you lowered it to a three. I am going two. Okay. And uh, I was honestly between a one or a two. And the thing is, a Florence one to Pugh's, me is like, a, I mean, yeah, it's it's like unwatchable that, as a one. Yeah, Florence Pugh brought it all the way up to a two. If there was a lesser actress playing that role, I think it comes across as a one. But her performance was really good. It was pretty dynamic. She had to kind of play a lot of different roles, right? Because she's a twenty or in twenty twenty two but playing 1950s housewife, but really in 2022, she's a doctor and does it like, so there's a lot of kind of under the surface level acting that she's got to do for the entire movie. Cause she's in almost every scene of the movie. And I think she kicked ass at it, but she, she everybody else, it. Yeah. she carried it. Yeah. hundred percent. People had been saying that leading into it, but after seeing it, yeah, that's absolutely what happened. So I give it, another tape more because i i liked her scenes more like i just thought and i thought the general story while poorly done was okay to me like it it was you know a fine thriller but like we've seen it before sounds good kayla yeah. all right well so. i think that is it for don't worry darling is there another movie because you are just all about the movies this week you want to give us a quick review on you know i'm really in my cinema era and i'm really leaning into it so yes i'm gonna give a review of pearl so pearl is a 2022 psychological slasher film directed by ty west and it was co-written by west and mia goth who also 
um, is the star of the film. She's reprising her role as the title character. So it's produced by A24, and it's a prequel to X, uh, which also came out this year, and serves as an origin story for the villain in X. So in X, it's a slasher film, and then this this is like a prequel to it, well, how she became the villain, essentially. Um, and they were filmed at the same time, back-to-back during the pandemic in 2020 in Australia. He actually filmed them together, um, which was cool. That's pretty and neat, a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a third film is going to be coming out soon, too. So, his 88 rating on Rotten Tomatoes, like I said, is still in theaters. Um, my thoughts, so... It was good. It was good. Um, slow sometimes. It was very, like, visually very interesting. Like, the film X, which is the first, I guess, in this trilogy that's to come, it is essentially, like, set in the 70s, and this crew, this group of, like, men and women are filming a porno, and they go to this farm and say that they're just staying for, like, the weekend, but really they're secretly doing a porn in this house. They're just not telling, like, the old man farmer and his wife. Um, And then, spoilers for X, um, it turns out that his wife, they're both an elderly couple, is just, like, resentful of these young women and their whoring ways and just goes on, like, a killing spree. Like, you think it's going to be the old man farmer the whole time, and it's her. And it seems like she's resentful, you have, like, some elderly sex, you know, power to them. Just a wild film. But your typical slasher, you know, like, people die in these gruesome ways. Um, alligators and, like, a pitchfork through the eye. You know, all the things you like to see in a slasher. You're there for the plot, but, like, you're mostly there for, like, the silly gore, you know. Um, Pearl is basically Mia Goth, who's in both films, plays the only survivor from Axe, where she actually kills the old women, finally, and, like, leaves. Her name is Maxine. Um, she plays both Maxine, the main kind of protagonist in X, and she also plays the old woman. So in like prosthetics. So she's playing two roles in that film, the serial killer and the girl that gets away. Does, do, is it played well or is it like yes, corny looking? Yeah, it's done yeah. well. Yeah, she looks like a different person. In fact, until I found out after the film, I go, oh, they're the same person. Um, so Pearl, again, is that same actress. Um, but it's set in like 1912, like with the Spanish flu and essentially shows that she was trapped in this like household. Her dad was basically like, couldn't move, wheelchair bound, couldn't talk. Her mom was like German immigrant and very harsh and she wanted to be in the movies and, and you kind of see like her dream dying in a variety of ways and she just becomes bitter about it. And it was good. It was slow. I think X was a better film because it had a group dynamic of like these people. It had Britney Snow in it. Um, it had like the fun crew and then like the elderly woman out for blood. Like that was a fun movie. This one was slower and the slashing didn't really happen to like the last 20 minutes. Um, but her performance was really good. She gives this like intense monologue where the camera's just on her. And in the scene, she's talking to another, like, her sister-in-law. And she's basically admitting to, like, all the things that she did. Killed her mom. Killed her dad. Like, killed this guy. Like, in this intense, like, just the camera's on her as she's narrating these horrible things and why she did them. And it, it's unhinged. But it's so well done. And you're watching it and you're, like, creeped out. Like, you're, like, 
is the sister-in-law still there? Like, are we going to flash back to her and she's, like, dead and she's been talking to her dead corpse the whole time? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, Yeah, so it was good. I I would give it probably four out of six VHS tapes. I I liked a little more action. Like, just get me right to the, you know, take 20 minutes to explain her story, but get right to the slashing. Like, that's what I'm there for. Just kill some Um, people quick. Let's go. It was shot really well. It was very, like, kind of technicolor. It was very, like, um, Wizard of Oz, you know, that, like, the coloring. Uh, very cool visually. But okay. I, I think I'm more excited for that third one because I think that's going to be the, like, you know, the more group dynamic because now this lead character from the first film just had all her friends <laughs> in the porno she was making die. She killed the old woman and just, like, booked it. So, you know, it's like, what's she gonna, what is she going to go from there? She, too, wants to be a star. So it was good. Looking forward to the third. Uh, four out of six VHS tapes, like I said. Go see Pearl. It's worth it. But you don't need to see X to see Pearl. But I think it does enhance your view because you're kind of seeing the prequel to it. Okay. That makes sense. I'm yeah. not going to watch those. But, you know, maybe our audience will. What a, what a, what a genre that it just has its doors closed to you. Um, actually, no, the doors are wide open. You have locked the doors. That is true. I've say. locked the doors, barricaded them, ran the opposite direction. Yes. <laughs> Much like a slasher. So see, maybe it'll work. Um, all right. All that being said, let's get to our Swarly of the Week. All right. So for my Swarly of the Week this week, Kayla, what I am going to go with is, and you know this very well, <laughs> Google Chrome. Like, what the hell? <laughs> um We are using this video software, which we really enjoy, Riverside. It can only be used on Google Chrome or Microsoft Edge. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. Not a huge deal. I have a uh, a Mac desktop, right? And I downloaded Google Chrome because most of the time I use Mozilla's Firefox. And it will not work. I can't go to any sites. It freezes up. It shuts down. It stops responding. It took over an hour to figure it out today just to get to the website. That's it. I'm not talking about doing any recording, any downloading, just to figure out a way. I'm uninstalling, reinstalling. I'm restarting my computer. I'm deleting stuff off of my desktop. Like, so infuriating. The same thing with Microsoft Edge. I just, I wanted to give up and not even record this podcast today. I was so frustrated. You were very close many times. Such a swirly move. I'm not sure why they are only allowed to use Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge. Maybe that's some type of licensing agreement they have. So Riverside's not completely not at fault here. But I do like their software, and it's helping us uh, record the podcast. So I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming Microsoft Edge and Google Chrome. You know what? Shout out to my personal relationship with Google Chrome is that I use it both at home and at work and love it. Shout out to the bookmarks tab. So just... You know, the Mac life is not is not with the Google Chrome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Kayla. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just an old timer. I can't get with the uh, with the times of uh, Google. Chrome. I don't think so. You're you're a tech you're a tech savvy person of the two. So that that's yeah, that's not that's not a great combination, Kayla. <laughs> no, and it's a self burn. But you know what? I already did it. So okay, that's fair enough. Hopefully, we can get this going because it is cool to record from different locations when the occasion arises. All right. My story of the week is going to be short. It's going to be a guy that just can't stop having kids, Nick Cannon. I don't know if you've He's got following. another one coming? He sure does. He oh. has nine kids total. 
um, I think almost all different baby mamas. And that's not really the swirly of it all, even though he seems to have divorced Mariah Carey and just set about impregnating, you know, as many women as possible. That's his own thing. What's funny is lately it's been trending that his latest uh, mother of his child says that she did like a crowdsource fund or whatever, like a GoFundMe for like a night nurse to help her with it. And everyone's like, why are you not asking Nick for assistance? And she's like, he's my baby daddy. Now I'm not his sugar baby or whatever. Like, and I'm just like, eh. I don't know. I think maybe he has responsibilities to all these women. And the memes that have been coming out are hilarious. They're like, these women need to unionize, like check in with the harem. Like just, just hilarious. People are so funny online. They're also the worst, but sometimes they're really funny. And so Nick Cannon, listen, you want to be fruitful and multiply. That's your own thing. But uh, take care of these women, okay? Because you got quite a lot of them, and they they could they could do some damage to you. You might have some handmade shit going down. So watch out, okay? Treat them well. That was my swirly of the week. Yeah. Okay, Kayla. Nick, good old Nick Cannon. All right. So let's get into our friendship question of the week, Kayla. I'm just gonna try to keep this on theme with uh, "Don't worry, darling" a little bit. So. If okay, you, you got one? All right. I got one. Uh, we'll go with it here. If you could be transported back in time at your current age to any decade since 1900, which decade would you choose? So, well, I can go first <laughs> if you need some time to buffer on that one. Sure. I think there's a couple obvious ones. So, since uh, I went 1900, because you know, you'd probably go like uh, Victorian England in 1723. I don't know. But um, I'm thinking 1920s would be interesting, roaring 20s. But that's still, we don't have quite the innovation or anything back then. So what I'm going to go with, I think I'm settling on the 60s. So 60s, peace and love, baby, right? So I've, you know, not going to lie, I've definitely fantasized, like, wouldn't it be nice to kind of be alive back in the 50s and 60s and there's no cell phones there's no internet oh, you have, watch out you have to actually go talk to people i still want my wife to work don't worry <laughs> <laughs> it's just a simpler time people had more personal connections less all this other shit and you know bring me back to those times it'd, it'd be kind of cool to live back then i think so i'm gonna go with it was between 50s and 60s but i'll land on the 60s because Get me into the hippie age, you know? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go that far back because, you know, as a woman, um, as someone not straight, not great times the more further back I go, got to be honest. Not great yeah, I'm a white now, male, so, so I am afforded the ability to you, go back you, you pretty much at any point in history. You could pick a time. You're going to do swell. Yeah, um, I'm going to do not great. so much. I should have. So I could have said like 1,200. I would have been a king. Who knows? You know got a lot of factors against me you know i'd have to change my last name just not looking great so i'm gonna go with the 70s or 80s because musically that was just such a rich time i'm a huge like uk british rock like if i could go to a clash show like i mean oh my god like it just just the vibes the, the starting transition of conservative to to kind of like free love and not necessarily like hippie power but just kind of like opening your mind to like different ways of life was an interesting time um and just music i think would be so good i'd see so many shows that that's a yeah. great call 
I initially, when I first kind of came up with this question, I was like, well, the 90s. But I'm like, at your current age, I don't think I want to go to the 90s at 32. If I was a teenager, probably the 90s is yes, where you want to go. Yes, teens would be better for the 90s. Yeah. Like, give us the big jeans, you know. Yeah, cool. But, like, 30s in the 90s? Nah. Nah, I completely agree. Well, that's really all I have for today, Kayla. You have any closing remarks? No, I think I'm all, all filmed out for the week. We'll see what's to come. Uh, lots more coming in the theater, so we'll see. But I think that wraps it up. Go check out Pearl. Go check out Don't Worry Darling if we didn't scare you away from it. And uh, keep watching Rings of Power. I'm very curious how they're going to end it. So with that being said, that's a wrap. See you next week. Well, that's it for this episode of Wrong Opinions Only. Please follow us on Instagram at Wrong Opinions Only and on Twitter at Wrong Opinions JK, where we'll be dropping some clues and hints to upcoming episodes. Until then, JK out. Thank you.